Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me. I am Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, we get animated and we discuss one of the finest Batman tales ever told, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Oh yeah, and it's our 100th episode. Hey, Andrew. pal. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Uh, here we are. 100 we, episodes, pal. 100 episodes. 100 can you, episodes. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think we'd make it past 10 when we started this. If thing. I told you back in, uh, I guess it was 2021, uh-huh. you know, we're sitting there, summer night, yeah. not, not much unlike like, tonight. Not unlike tonight. <laughs> uh, you know, when we were first recording and had no idea what the hell we were doing. Yeah, no idea. Talking about the Fast and the Furious that uh, 100 we were, episodes later. We were popping Snapple bottles. Yeah. Right into the microphone. Right into the microphone. Slamming on slamming the, table. the table. Yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> you know that. A hundred episodes later, we'd still be doing this. Yeah. We're not sick of each other. We're not sick of each other. There's no infighting. Um, <laughs> no infighting. That, everything is good. That, that you know of. That you know of, audience. <laughs> no, everything is going very well. You know, uh, My son was born. Your son was born. Uh, we, ha- we had a little uptick in audience. Uh, it's not big. <laughs> We're a hundred episodes in. It's not big. No. But it's nice that it's, uh, you know, but I've always kind of said that I don't really... We're, we're not, do we're this not for doing yeah. this for uh, necessarily audience. It's actually I, I kind of relate this more to like a filing cabinet for us. Oh yeah, 100%. where we can kind of go. Oh, how did I feel about that? And you kind of you know open the drawer and you go back through and you go. Oh, here it is. And it's fun just talking about movies with you. Yeah. And you know some people have stumbled across it. Yeah. Uh, I think. Look, uh, we it, it's we really were going nice to have that, this conversation yeah. regardless, right? Like you know what I mean. We were going to be talking about these movies it's all, it's or movies we, in it's general. All we do anyway. So the fact that we might as well record it and put it online. Yeah. We just generate, instead of... And if people want to listen, they can listen. Yeah. Instead of, like, having a generalized conversation, we just scope in and, you know, focus in on one topic, right? Yeah. One movie or whatever. And look, I mean, I think over 100 episodes, and we're going to have a 100-episode, you know, bonus episode and all that stuff, but, you know, yeah, over the 100 much. episodes, yeah. I mean, it's been a it's been a journey, and we've covered some stuff that's, I think, really been incredible, yes. and some stuff that... Has truly, <laughs> truly been not, not been. Stuff that know? has not been incredible. That's very true. I think we are fortunate this week that we, we are covering something that is, in my opinion, pretty incredible, pretty incredible and, yeah. but, and really good. So we, I don't think we could have asked for a better 100th episode. Like I said, when I when I originally did the math and I calculated wrong, we I thought, thought it was going to be Batman and Robin. <laughs> we thought it was going to be Batman and Robin. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. And if it was Batman and Robin, I was literally going to be like, maybe we shouldn't do Batman. Maybe we shouldn't do Batman this summer. We should pick something else because I don't want the 100th to be Batman and Robin. But I'm glad it landed on Mask of the Phantasm yeah. and uh, that roulette wheel spun. But yeah, 100 episodes. Uh, we might as well mention it. Yeah. I'm glad we did. But this week, we have an animated movie. We Our do. first animated Batman film. One of only two that has been theatrically re- uh, released. Yeah. Or fully theatrically Fully theatrical released. There's been limited releases. There was like the, the, big- the Killing Joke. There was, was debate limited. when we were doing this over if we should include the Killing Joke or not because yeah. it was technically theatrically released. Yes, in theaters, briefly. I think it was like a. It was like a. Um, it was literally. The, it was literally like a like a weekend. What's the the event? The fat a fathom Fa- Fandango. Event. No fathom. Oh fathom. fathom. Yeah, fan- Fandango's the ticket buying yeah, service. I almost said Fandango. If you're looking to buy tickets, <laughs> check out Fandango. I, check out Fandango. <laughs> when was the last time you bought a movie ticket? You have a Regal Unlimited. Regal Unlimited. <laughs> You're looking for some free tickets. 
Get Regal Unlimited. Don't uh, you have an AMC thing? No, 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 no. AMC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a Regal guy. I'm a yeah, Regal. You guy. are a Regal guy. We're uh, both. Re- we're Regal men. I will be upping my Regal Unlimited soon. I think. Fantastic. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now that my um, son's a little bit older and I have a little bit more time on my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, um, fa- I think it was like a fandom event. Yes. Right? Like so a weekend or a week like a, or was, something. It was yeah. limited. It was a very yeah. limited release. It wasn't like it was released in theater theaters It wasn't nationwide. made with the intent of being released in theaters. Yes. It, it was released as a special event. Completely, yes. And it was only a weekend, so we decided we're not going to do that uh, because... The intention was not for it to go to theaters, but uh, yeah, the Killing Joke was only uh, limited. Yeah, it was only a limited thing. It didn't get anything else, and it was just kind of like, oh, okay, so we just decided not to do it. Yeah, we agreed. We said we're not going to do it. Um, the intention was not for it to be a the theatrical release. release. Yeah, um, and I think at the time it was released in theaters, it also got like the Blu-ray release. At the it same was time. it was like yeah, it's the same time like, it got or the same right exact, before or something. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of the same thing. So it didn't feel right to include it. So we're not doing that. And also, it's um, apparently not very good. So why why do it? Yeah, I was really disappointed with that. I didn't see it in theaters, but um, I believe I watched it when it started streaming on our beloved uh, HBO Max. HBO Max. Yeah. HBO Max. Back HBO then, Max. Back, back in the good days. Back in the good days. Um, but <laughs> I, I was a big fan. I was of a HBO big fan Max. of HBO Max, but not this new, not this new Max. They should have never broken up with HBO. But yeah, no, I was, I was a, I was disappointed with it. Regardless, I'm excited that this is like the first animated movie we get to talk about because yeah. you know me, I'm a Batman fan, but I'm also a huge fan of the animated series. Yeah. And this movie is that. It's yep. like just a mega episode. It's pretty incredible that they got this out uh, as quickly as they did, but also wrote the story they did for this. Very yep. complex, very much a character study film more than anything. It's not an action-driven movie, uh, really. Yeah. It's really kind of a character study yep. of Batman. What I've been saying is that what's very interesting, like ever since I rewatched this movie, and I had watched it once before. Yeah. But ever since I rewatched it, is it's very interesting to me that this is the sixth Batman movie we're talking about on here, right? Yeah. We've had four the four Burden Schumacher movies and the Adam West movies. Yep. So this is the sixth movie. And out of all of them, this is the like all those live action movies, this is the least cartoony right. of all of the movies. Uh, the animated movies is, the, is least, the least cartoonish yep. of all of the Batman movies that we've had mm-hmm. so far. This is the most dramatic most grounded, most adult-themed movie mm-hmm. that we've had out of all of these other movies, except for, I know you people could argue Batman Returns. Batman Returns is a masterpiece for adults, but it's the Thinking Man's Batman movie. Yeah, okay. I, I, <laughs> it's the Thinking Man's I, Batman I, movie. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Uh, not for me. Batman Returns is the uh, is the Bob Seger, and this is the Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Is Bob Seger the Thinking Man's Bruce Springsteen? Is that what people say? No, no. Uh, Bob Seger is the poor man's. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, like I think like what they do in this movie is absolutely incredible. That that this that you would think that if you you're, if you're not familiar with the animated show, yes, because this is very much in the tune of the animated show. If you're not familiar with the show, so then therefore not familiar with this movie or what to expect from mm-hmm. this movie. You're probably thinking, oh, it's going to be very fast-paced, it's going to be very action-heavy, it's going to be yep. the jokes and kid-based and all nope. that stuff. And it's not. This is a very heavy, dramatic, emotional movie. This is a noir movie. That really, <laughs> it tells everything that we've been asking for, looking for in a Batman movie about Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and his relationship with Batman. Yep. And this is the, I think, in my opinion, this is a, we're only about halfway through or so, 
of this whole Batman brand. So this very well could be pro- I could very well could be proven wrong. But in my mind, in my opinion, I think this is the only movie that deals with like the transition of Bruce Wayne into Batman. And I don't mean his origin. I don't mean like oh it's I'm not saying it's the only movie that shows how he became Batman. I'm not saying any of that. Yeah. What we've always kind of said, and I hope this makes sense, is that we've always kind of said that Bruce Wayne, when he died in an alley, or when his parents died in an alley, he died in an alley and Batman was born. Yes. And I think this is the only movie that, like, we actually see that, like, there is still elements of Bruce Wayne alive Mm -hmm. at that point. Yes. There's still, Bruce Wayne is still in there, in Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. And we're seeing him come to the decision on screen and not, like... I'm not saying it's not him putting on the suit. It's not him deciding to be a symbol. It's not any of that. Him having to confront his decision to be Batman yes. or do this thing before Batman's even a thing. So, before he so knows he's going to be here's, Batman. Here's what I can compare it best to, I think. In the way that we looked at Batman Forever as a psychological study, this is an actual this, psychological yeah, this study. Is the pro- this is everything I wanted Forever to be. Yes. And and this is this is the analysis of it, and this is him. It's not making you know, the choice. Yeah, in Batman Begins, obviously we're seeing how he got trained. We're seeing him. it's the it's an origin. It's an origin, but he's but at the end of the, but the beginning of the movie, he's in the mindset of Batman. Like yep. when we see Christian Bale's he's Bruce literally Wayne, in prison beating guys up. He's still in, and even the flashbacks we see, he's still in the mindset mm-hmm. of what will become. Batman. Yeah. He doesn't have a suit or anything like that. That doesn't matter. Batman's more than a suit or a symbol or a light or whatever. Yeah. This is the first time we're seeing him struggle and and maybe I don't want to do this. Right. And and then we finally see that transition, the moment where it just clicks and, and he goes, I'm doing it. And he's and he is and he is. And there's the beautiful scene of him like forlornly suiting up for the first time. Not That's an, an incredible it's not, scene. It's not a powerful or... I mean, it's a powerful scene. It's not a, a victorious scene. It's not like, I'm Batman now, yeah, and he throws it on the cowl. Yeah, I have not nothing left in my life. I have to do this. I have to do this. Yes. And that is such so well done. And this is but an animated he, movie. This is an animated movie. But even beyond that, the moments where Bruce Wayne is still in there and he hasn't made that choice to fully be Batman... I mean that scene at the tombstone. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking a lot. We'll about be talking that. about that, but like the lines he has are really heavy. Let me be happy. No, I, no, or, I didn't count on being happy. Yeah, yeah. Like, please and, forgive me and let it it's be. Like, o- let me let it be okay. Yeah, like, it's like I want holy, it to be okay. This that is I'm an happy, animated like. movie, and he's like struggling with the idea of being happy, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, like because I can't believe this. It is the trauma yeah. of this character, and I talked about that when we started, you know, talking about Batman. That that he has always kind of been this symbol of like, in my mind, like kind of mental illness, right? That, yeah. or, or trauma, right? Mm-hmm. The the problems that the character. It's really incredible that they are able to capture all this in this movie, yeah. and really explore his decision to be Batman, and we're watching that, mm-hmm. and it's. And so well done. And it's everything that we've kind of talked about. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about that. Like, he's kind of this symbol of mental illness or trauma, right? And sure. that he shows that when you face trauma, mm-hmm. when you have something horrible happen to you, you pursue through, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and some he highlights the positives and a lot of the negatives of that. Yeah. And I think it's just the fact that I have not seen a movie yet that has managed to even come close to what they've captured 
in this film. Yeah. Look, it's an incredible film. Like, I'm just going <laughs> like, to say it. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this episode at all. I love the animated series. I love this movie. I think these are wonderful companions to each other. It, it really feels kind of like... I mean, it essentially is, but it's, it's the origin story in a way of the animated series Batman. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, because I, if we're supposed to believe that every, you know, quote-unquote, verse is different from each other. Yeah. This is kind of the origin of that, but it's also him making that choice and something, like you said, that we don't see in other movies. Like, Batman Begins doesn't do that. Batman Begins doesn't uh, break down the trauma aspect of it. It doesn't yeah. break down the psychological aspect of it. It's You're right. He's already in the mode of Batman when yeah. we see him. Even though he doesn't have the suit yet, even though he's not trained yet, we see him train, we see him get the suit, we see him get all those things, but... The mindset's always there. Yeah. This is the birth of that mindset. This is, I need to confront this choice and decide, do I want to be Bruce Wayne or do I want to be Batman? Yeah. Because if I'm Bruce Wayne, I'm spending my life with this woman over here and I'm never going to do what I thought I was going to do. Or I'm going to give all of that up and be Batman and basically choose a life of loneliness. Yeah. And Alfred is going to be the only person that's going to really know who and I am. And he says, I can't do both. I, I just can't. can't. Do both. I can't do this while somebody I, I love is out there. Yes. I can't do it. He cannot do it. And it's it, it's just so fascinating. And it's so well written. And it's so effective. And the animation is just so on point. Yeah, well, that's the like, other thing, too. Everything really works. What I think is really well done is that this obviously is in connection of the animated series, right? This is, like you said, this is kind of the origin story of it all. If there were um, a pilot episode of the animated series, this would probably be... Because this, this game, when did this fall in the in the series, like among the animated series? Was it um, after like a first season or something? Yeah, it was or? after the first season about, because the, uh, the animated series started in 92, yeah. and um, this came out in 93. I thought so, this was 92. No, no, this no is it not, is 93. This yeah. is 93. Um... The show did well in the first mm-hmm. season enough that this got and greenlit. I will also I will say and we'll talk about it. This wasn't intended to go to theaters. Okay, we'll say that. Too. I'll say that too. This was not meant to go to theaters. Yeah, and and I know it didn't fare very well, and we'll get into we'll that get into later, all that. Yeah. But um, this was not intended to be a theatrical release when it was originally conceived. It was meant to be the first uh, home video release in the DC animated universe. It just ended up being theatrically released. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, but, but I know, like, so obviously this is a playoff of the animated series, but I feel like you could watch this and know nothing about the animated series and still get everything. Like, yeah, you don't have I to mean, watch. You don't even it's you don't even have all of the rogues gallery in this. No. You get the Joker, and that's, that's it. it. And everyone else is a mobster. Yeah. Um, one of the ca- the main antagonists of this movie, the Phantasm, is a new character. Is a new character and never returns after this movie. It's insane. I think the I think there is a use of a phantasm, and I I'm, could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you did research, so you might know better than me. But I thought in like maybe like a Justice League episode or maybe a Batman Beyond episode that the actually the phantasm does return. It's a different person, but I think the That's, image of the phantasm does. Maybe the maybe yeah. the image comes back. I don't have that in here. Yeah. Um, as far as the animated series is concerned, which is what we're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no. When you said <laughs> yeah. No. When you said uh, when it's you said doesn't ever come back, I I thought you meant like I mean within the animated series, kind of like how like, I know the they're all Chase connected. Meridian thing yes, of like yes. she's not in anything. So, she's not in anything. Well, I know uh, all the animate the different animated series: Superman, Justice League, Batman. Maybe, they're all connected, and this is the origin point. They yeah. all connect back to the animated series, right? Yeah. To this. 
So what I mean is the phantasm doesn't reappear within this animated series. Gotcha. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's a one-off thing. And I thought you meant Batman lore in general. Completely get yep. what you mean. But it, uh, yeah, it, it's just a phenomenal movie all around, mm. and the character study of Batman is phenomenal. Everything just works. It is just. I, I, I really love this movie. Well, what, I'm excited to talk about. What it. I think before we jump into, I want to say one last thing is what I think is also really effective is it is a very adult movie without feeling forced, and it's not, and it's still suitable for kids yeah like it's not really violent it's a little bit more so it's it's actually interesting you say that because this was they were able to push the envelope a little bit more more. than they would have with the animated series like there's like just right off the the use of blood yeah there is some blood that's not in the animated series like that is very much like they don't do blood in the animated series but because this was a movie and they were able to. They were able to kind of push the boundaries a little more. Yeah. So it was kind. Of, it's it's interesting just the little things they did. I'm, like, I'm guessing it's PG, like death, right? Death. Yeah. Like the phantasm literally pushes a statue on a guy and kills him. There's never like death of uh, a human being in the animated series yeah. show. It's it always has to be like a robot or something like that. Yeah. Um, but this movie has death, and it's like, oh wow, that's like holy yeah. cow! Like it really, um, it pushed envelopes in like different ways. But it doesn't feel forced. No, it's it not doesn't forced. Feel... It works for the story yeah. and the story they're telling because obviously it's not... the phantasm is out to take all of these guys out. Yeah, it's uh, not Danny DeVito gushing black stuff out of his nose just to be gross no, or no. whatever. You know what I mean? No, like... it's actual like the deaths make sense and the deaths work. You yeah. know, the car crash. Uh, I mean, jumping from building to building was probably a little Fast and Furious-y, but it works. <laughs> it works. But, like, the Tombstone one in particular to me was very, like, I was like, that's pretty gruesome. Like, yeah. like she, I mean, she you don't just, really see it, but You don't yeah. see it, but it's gruesome that she just pushes it on top of it, and you're like, whew, that is pretty, that's yeah. pretty heavy. Like, you don't see that often. So, I don't know. I just, I think they push the envelope in different ways that really, really works uh, for this movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's a lot of my general thoughts. Just yeah. opening here. You can go go for it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, we're diving in. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. The release date of this movie, and this is not gonna help it. December twenty fifth, yeah. nineteen ninety three. This got a Christmas release date. Yeah. Like they wanted this movie. I don't know what WB's thought process was here. We'll talk about it as we get in. I have it in the fun facts that they kinda just They didn't really care. No, they cared. They knew that the show was a hit. This was commissioned as a home video release first, and WB came to them on very short notice, like within like eight months of this movie supposed to be coming out, and we're like, oh yes, we want it in theaters. We're gonna put it in theaters, and they had to like breakneck speed get this movie out yeah. in eight months, yeah, <laughs> which is like insane. And the fact that it's even it's as good as it is, yeah. the fact that it's good as it is, it's crazy. But like. Yeah, the re- uh, a December 25th release date. I mean, that's literally... It's you know, you and I know that's kind of when a lot of Oscar movies are out. Like, yep. a, a lot of Academy Award nominees are out. That's kind of when a lot of other uh, family-friendly affair is out. Yeah. Like, a big family-friendly movie usually drops, like, on Christmas or around Christmas. It is not the time for Mask of the Phantasm <laughs> to be coming out. Like, I kind of look at this movie and I'm like... What would, you, what would your ideal, like... My ideal date? Yeah. I would say... Maybe a February release would have really worked for me. So I would have gone with like October. You would have gone October too. That would have mm. worked too. I think February and October are interesting months though because it's like more recently I think we've been seeing like better movies coming out in those months. Yeah. 
and I think at the time, if they chose like a February or October release date, I think that could have really benefited this movie because I think people would have been like, yeah, I kind of want to go see this in a theater. Yeah. There's not really much out. Let's go see it. And I think it probably would have made more money than it did. But, you know, it's upsetting, but, like, it, it kind of is what it is. But you're just like, ah, December 25th? Like, what yeah. were you thinking? Yeah, yeah. What were you been, thinking? It's, not even, it's not even snowing in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's not even, like, a cold movie. It's it's like, you It's know, not even, like, a Christmas it's not movie, even like a, it, it doesn't have to be a Christmas movie, but even if it was, like, snowing, it would have made more it's sense. It's not Batman Returns. Yeah. Or it's, but like, when you look at, like, uh, Batman Sub-Zero, it's kind of like that. Sub-Zero has that feel. It. But whatever. Directed by Eric Radomski and Bruce Tim. These guys are the creators of the animated series. Yeah, I know Bruce and Tim. Yes. I didn't know the other guy, but I yeah, know Bruce Eric Tim. Radomski. Uh, these guys created the animated series. Just legendary, legendary yeah. guys. I mean, literally, you you name it. Like uh, writing, animation, uh, direction. These guys did everything with this show, and we're just we're both obviously attached for this movie, which made sense because they were essentially the showrunners as well just incredible work they do i mean they're still legends even now i think is bruce tim the one attached for the new yeah prime? The, the new the one the new amazon prime yeah. show is, is that, that, amazon is that or him? Is it hulu it's amazon prime it? yeah yeah it's amazon prime and i think it's bruce tim i could be wrong no he is. he is it is him yeah. okay it's i wasn't sure and matt reeves is attached a little a little paul bit dini? paul dini paul dini or maybe it's paul dini i think it's paul is dini, it paul dini, dini too, is it right? bruce tim what's it called batman what Cape Crusader or something? Batman the Cape Crusader or something? Just put Batman Prime Show. Matt Reeves, J.J. Abrams, and Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Okay, We're cool. going to be producing the series. Awesome. Okay, so Bruce Tim, obviously attached now. I'm excited for that show, by the way, because Bruce Tim has kind of come out and said this is going to be darker than the animated series. It's going to be the show that he wanted to originally make with the animated series. Yeah. Like more noir-based, even more so than what we got. But, uh, yeah, these guys are great. Uh, written by Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, Martin Pascoe, and Michael Reeves. All four of those gentlemen that I just named have written great episodes of the animated series. Um, all very, very fantastic, uh, wonderful episodes. Um, I actually have here like what each one did okay. in the writing because four writers sounds like a lot for but they all cover different things. A seventy-minute you know movie, but like they all cover different things. Yes. So Alan Burnett, he did the overall story. Okay. Like he wrote the overall story of this. Paul Dini. Uh, filled in, the way he put it was filled in the holes here and there, which I'm assuming was more like he was like bridging gaps in the story. Yeah. Like if something didn't how make to connect sense. the Joker to the exactly. main story. Like or if whatever. something didn't make sense, he was like, oh, I'll write this here. And yeah, so I think that's what he did. Martin Pasco uh, was in charge of flashbacks. He did all the flashback sequences, good, good. which are really the strong. Best stuff in, <laughs> really it's the best strong. stuff in the movie. Yeah, 100. percent And Michael Reeves handled the climax of this film. Which is the end of the movie. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. What, what is that? I don't like the ending. Really? I don't like the ending of the movie. Oh. I, I, that's interesting. I think that's, when we get to my score. That's a hot take. I don't like the ending of the movie. I don't like the climax. Interesting. I think that that's my biggest, that's my, really my only flaw with the movie. Okay. And I don't, I don't hate the ending. I'm not like disinterested, but it's not on the same level as the rest of the movie. We'll talk yeah. about it. Okay. We'll talk about it. It's got to end somewhere though. Uh, budget. Uh, I'm not talking. No, <laughs> I knew that was going to set you off. I'm, I'm not sorry. talking about sorry. the no, no, no. ending. Let's save it. Let's save yeah, it. I'm just, I'm, I want to clarify. Okay. I'm not talking about the. I'm talking about the final, the Joker sequence. Basically, I know what you're talking about. I don't like. I'm not. I like the ending. Ending where the story wraps. No, up. I know what you mean by but, climax. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, I disagree with you. Um, uh, that's budget. fine. Well, I guess this is going to be. Hi, folks. 
<laughs> Welcome to Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> no, 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 um, not yet, not yet. Not yet, not yet. Not for the hundredth. Uh, budget, $6 million. Yeah. It's a sizable money. budget for got a little money uh, in it, Got yeah. some money. Uh, box office, $5.6 million. Does not make the money back. Does not go. You know why? Because it was released on Christmas. That's why. And, and it was it, only in theaters for like... was not long. No. It was not long. Like a week I, or two? A week or two. Yeah, it was not in theaters long. I think uh, WB thought it was going to do better because the animated yeah. series was popular. And Batman. Yeah. It had Batman, but December 25th is just not a good date for this no. kind of movie. It's like, it, it's going to get drowned out with Oscar affair, family friendly. It just doesn't make sense. So it doesn't make the money back. Uh, Rotten Tomato score, out of 35 critic reviews... It's fresh at 86%. Makes sense. Uh, audience score out of 5,000 plus ratings, which I'm surprised. I thought there'd be more on there. Fresh at 88%. There you go. People love it. People love it. We do too. Want to get into that cast, my friend? That's the way they cast. We're really blowing through some stuff here. Yeah. I mean, it's, not it, it's, about. A short, it's the shortest movie it that is. we've done significantly. Significantly. Yeah. And there's not a lot here. Shortest Batman movie. Shortest yeah. Batman movie. Let's jump through that cast. Starring the late, great R.I.P. Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mark Hamill as the Joker, Dana Delaney as Andrea Beaumont in the Phantasm, Hart Bachner as Arthur Reeves, Stacey Keach as Carl Beaumont, oh, and Masked Phantasm. So when the mask is on, the voice is coming out, he yep. does that voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chucky Soul, <laughs> your angel of death awaits. That's him. Yeah. It's awesome. Abe Vigoda <laughs> as Sal the Weezer Valestra. Love Abe Vigoda. Dick Miller as Chucky Saul, uh, John P. Ryan as Buzz Bronski. Ephraim Zimbalist as Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, Bob Hastings as Commissioner James Gordon. Not a lot to do, but he's no. there. Not a lot to do. He just goes, I won't be a part of it. And then that's he's got like one line. Yeah, right? He literally <laughs> goes, I won't be a part of it. And then he takes off, and that's what he does. Uh, Robert Costanzo as Detective Harvey Bullock. And Arlene Sorkin as Mrs. Bambi. So here's why I mentioned Arlene Sorkin as Mrs. Bambi. Arlene Sorkin is the voice of Harley Quinn on the animated series. Okay. And they gave her a little line on this as Miss Bambi, and basically what it is is, I don't know if you remember the line, uh, Bruce is coming out of a flashback looking at his parents' portrait. He's at the party. Yeah. The door opens, and you hear a woman outside going, Brucey, come back here. She does it in Harley Quinn voice. Yeah. And then Alfred goes, Mr. Wayne, Miss Bambi is dancing on the piano. And that's it. Yeah. But I just wanted I to mention Arlene Sorkin because uh, she obviously is a legendary part of the animated series. Harley, I yeah. think everybody... Bases their Harley Quinn off of her oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you? That's where I, it started, right? You it's know where I mean? it started. Yeah. yeah, it's where it started, and everyone bases off her. But just wanted to give Arlene Sorkin a little shout out for playing Miss Bambi. Uh, so she's dancing on the piano. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, Robert Costanzo as Detective Harvey Bullock. Again, not a lot to do, but this is probably because we're in early Batman phase. Yeah. Uh, Bullock is really like hellbent on catching him yeah he's more of an antagonist he's more of an antagonist right like he's really hellbent on getting him um and while he doesn't have a lot of lines it it kind of reminded me why harvey bullock is just so like he 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 dislikes batman he always has it's always his motif in the animated series but this movie in particular it's more vengeful than anything he like really wants to catch him in this movie and that construction scene sequence is like Whew. That's a top-notch like, sequence. That's yeah. a top-notch sequence, and he gets really close, and you're like, oh, boy, like he really he might get him. You know, you Even when I watch it now, I go, he might get him. He might get him. <laughs> he might get him. He's getting and, close. Uh, construction scene would have been a good climax. You know? Would have been a what? It would have been a good climax, or something like that would have been a good climax. Okay, we're not there yet. Back. We're not there yet. <laughs> Bob Hastings as Commissioner James Gordon. I will be a part of it! 
and he slams the door. It's great. It's a great one. But he's great, right? It's a great one line. He's not going to be a part of it. No. <laughs> he's not going to be a part but of is it. it is he's he not going to be a part of it, and he's not going to be a part of this movie. Is he going to be a part of it though? <laughs> no, he will okay. not be a part okay. of it. Okay. Okay. He will not be a part of it. He refuses to be a part of it. Uh, the legendary Ephraim Zimbalist as Alfred Pennyworth. I love this Alfred. Isn't he great? This is top-notch Alfred. Yeah. I told is... you, Alfred is... I love your whole... This is top-notch Alfred. I told you, Alfred's one of my favorite yep. Batman characters. If if not, maybe even my favorite Batman character at this point. That's fair. And uh, I have not seen an Alfred I've disliked yet. Yeah. And I know the guy in the 66 movie... Didn't get much to do, but I know he has more to do in the television. And he's so, good so in the show. He's, he's good in the show. Yeah, and he's good in the movie. What he had, but he doesn't have much to do. Yeah, I haven't been disappointed by an Alfred yet, and this is top notch. He's so like he. It, it, I love when he's Alfred's funny. not afraid to stand up to Bruce. To Bruce, and, and also we get that that he wants Bruce. He's pushing Bruce like towards mm-hmm. Andrea a little yep. bit and wanting him to be with her. Kind of that kind of that thread of him wanting Bruce to be happy. Yeah, yep. and he doesn't walk anybody down to the back cave. You know, so you know that's he's a, he's a step above already. Yeah, it's top notch Alfred. That's all you want from your it's Alfred. Top notch Alfred. Top notch Alfred doesn't walk people into the back cave. <laughs> it's not a lot to do. No, uh, yeah, this this Alfred is incredible. Um obviously the work on the animated series, which I'm gonna keep referencing because yeah, this course. movie is literally that. It's top notch work on that. It's top notch work in this movie. Um I think Alfred gets some great, great lines in this movie. Like, he has this whole speech about uh, vengeance yeah. and stuff like that and how it blackens the soul. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, this yeah. is – like, he really gets some good lines in this. And I think this movie does a good job, too. Again, that I don't think the animated series really gets time to do is uh, flesh out that Alfred-Bruce relationship a yep. little bit more. You kind of get to see Bruce get angry at Alfred in this movie. Like, before he drives away in the back, he's like, oh, you think you know me, don't you? And he just gets in. He's like, well, you don't. He, like, takes off after Alfred's kind of pushed him a little bit. And it's really interesting to see that dynamic. Because, yep. I mean, obviously other movies do that dynamic. You know, Michael Caine and Christian Bale have that dynamic here and there. Um, I think we even see that a little bit in The Batman. But it's great seeing it in the animated series because they don't explore that in the show. And for them to have that moment in this movie for Alfred to push him is just fascinating to me. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to see. Because usually in the yeah. show he's kind of just the wry, dry, funny... And he'll just he, make little he jokes. He comes in, he makes a comment, and he leaves. Yeah, and he yeah. makes a comment, and he leaves. But this one, you actually get to see that relationship fleshed out a little bit. And you get to see Alfred kind of patch him up. He comes in with yeah. like, the sleeves rolled up, and you're like, oh, man, top-notch Alfred. That's top-notch <laughs> Alfred. It's top-notch Alfred. It's top-notch. John P. Ryan as Buzz Bronski, one of the gangsters. Yeah, I don't have much to say. I think all the gangsters are well done. Yeah. They have the you know the style. The, the you know the accent. Yeah, this is the guy accent. that gets the statue dropped. Yeah, on. yeah. yeah. I, mean, I just he's not really in the movie enough for me to really comment on it. But I think it's 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 well done. I just want to comment on his death scene. I I've said it before. Well, no, it's, it yeah. it's great death it's, scene. It is very it's well done. It's scene. intense yeah. too as we're building to that. He's kind of walking through the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well done. It's yeah. very, it's intense. It's very well done. It's very intense. Really really love it. Dick Miller as Chucky Saul. Um, this is the it's first guy the car. to go yeah, in yeah, the yeah, car. Yeah. He's the first guy to go. Again, not in it. It's the same thing. Yeah, I but think that, it's, that's what I like about this movie. Though I just want to say very quickly, like I like that this movie goes the direction of we're going to focus on like gangsters. Yeah, in this movie, and not, like you get the Joker yeah. midway through this movie, but, but a even lot of his it, origin in this movie is that he's a gangster, or he was. Yeah, you know, and you get this kind of whole thing with Chucky, with Chucky and Buzz and uh, the Weezer, as we'll be talking about, uh, Mr. Valestra. Um, but it's it's great to kind of just see a movie grounded with just mobsters and gangsters. 
and it's like, oh man, yeah, I forgot. Like this is kind of what Batman was fighting when he originally started. started. Yeah, he was fighting mobsters and gangsters, and the supervillains came later. The idea of a supervillain came later, yeah. and it's I, I really enjoy that they grounded it in that. Let's talk about another one, but this guy's much bigger, Mister Abe Vigoda, as Sal the Weezer Valestra. This is the guy with the oxygen yeah. tank. Yep, <gasps> I know this one. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, this this is. Um, Obviously, you know who this is, the Weezer. Yeah, this is really well done. I like how they use the character. I like how he just, on kind of unceremoniously, just gets murdered off screen. Yeah. And how we just see his body just mangled from kind, the Joker or whatever. It's kind of terrifying, though, isn't it? Is. it? When oh, the it Joker is. gets him, he's like, he's like, no one's going to hurt my friend Sal. And then he's like laughing, and it kind of disappears. And he kind of grabs him, and then the camera, camera pan, and you're like, yeah, what did the Joker do to him? Cut, like, you don't he's even, dead, yeah. You don't even want to know, because you're just like, you know, he's so, Joker's obviously very messed up. Uh, as Joaquin will show us in a few weeks. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> a few weeks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as Joaquin will show us in a few weeks. But it, what, what's, it, I, I really like the character. And it's funny that it's Abe Vigoda. Because it's yeah. like he has kind of this whole thing with gangster movies. Be, well, he, he was in The Godfather, obviously. Legendary. He's in Good Burger. He's in Good Burger? He's in Good Burger? You don't even know that it's Abe Vigoda, though. That's how good the voice acting is. Yeah. You're like... Oh, that's that's Abe Vigoda. Like I had no idea. That's the Abe Vigoda. Yeah, like Vigoda, you can't even yeah. tell. Like he's he really is like voice acting in this movie. It's cool. But yeah, I really like his performance in this. I think it's effective. Yeah, uh, Stacy Keach as Carl Beaumont and the masked Phantasm. Yeah, uh, obviously because they want you to think that the dad is the Phantasm. Yes, and that's why that's the whole the build up. Voice. The build yeah. up is oh, it's going to be the same. The, it's going to be the dad. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a good uh, misdirection. Yes. The father isn't in it enough to really comment on it again. Right. Um, but the use of the phantasm, I think, you know, if I didn't know mm-hmm. going into this movie, this plot twist, I think it would really be effective and I right. think it's really well done. The voice of the phantasm is, is intimidating and yes. scary and adds to the uh, intensity of that character yeah. and, and it's, it is effective. That whole it's, angel of death awaits. Yeah, oh, That's yeah. scary. It's scary. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, could you imagine, like, right now, you're sitting there, I'm sitting here, just the masked guy comes over he's like, you're angel of death awaits. I'm like, no, no. Oh, I'm throwing no. you in front of him and oh, I'm running good, out of here. Good, like, very good, very good. Um, I'm glad. I have a son. I don't care. <laughs> my life is worth less to you. Uh, heart <laughs> Yes, heart it, is. yes it is. Yes, it is. Hart Bachner as Arthur Reeves. So this is uh, pre-Joker. Okay. So, no, oh, is this pre-Joker or is no. this the lawyer? This is the it's guy. It's the lawyer. I was going to say, lie. no way that's not. Why wouldn't he just, yeah. Uh, is yeah. Mark Hamill doing the pre-Joker? I don't even think he says anything, does he? He doesn't say anything. I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess they, they might like point. scoff or I whatever. I think he scoffs. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, Arthur Reeves, the, 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 the lawyer or the councilman Yeah, he's or the councilman. Andrew um, Beaumont's other love interest yeah. in this movie. Yes. I did feel like they, the character... Did he have a... He didn't really have a conclusion of his story, did he? He wasn't killed or... He wasn't killed. Like he gets laughing gas. Yeah, uh, and yeah. he's in the hospital room and Batman yeah. shows up to get the, the information from him because he's covering things up. Yeah. He has vital information that he's covering, covering up. up. And I think that's kind of his his point in the story. Like, he knows Andrea through her father, but... Yeah, we see him in the flashback where he's, like, flashback. he's all nerded out or whatever. Yes. And yeah. this... I think this movie... He's just kind of portrayed as... Uh, a guy who has very vital information that Batman needs to yeah. understand what's going on. And then he obviously figures it out when he's on the laughing gas and he shows up at the hospital room, which is a great scene too. It is. Um, it's really, really and he reveals well it and then he's like, oh, okay, now I know what's going on. Like, Andrea is the fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it ties everything together. Yeah. And I, I think that, yeah, like I wish they would have given a little bit more like a, of an ending of the character or kind of what's what's... 
yeah, happening. I mean, he, but at the being, end of the day, he's not that important. It doesn't really important. matter. He's being healed in the hospital. Yeah. He's going to come out fine. I don't think he's going to be a lawyer anymore. I think, um... You know, he's probably done being a lawyer the next day. He was a little too dickish. Yeah. I guess. But also, because yeah. it, it, it did feel very, like... And I understand that, like, I think Andrea knew, I think, kind of the entire time that he had an involvement in everything. Not that he needed to be yeah. killed or punished, but that that's why she's placing herself yes. with him. Yes. Um, or like at least she, she knew, by God. She knew that he He was kind something. of the key of everything, right? He knew something and she and knew that. So that's what she's kind of yes. using him and manipulating him. Yes. But it does feel like he's so... It's such a, almost a different character when he's communicating with her. He's very grimy. And when he's communicating with everybody else. And it, did, it didn't always work for me, but, it's, yeah. but overall it's... You know, he's it's, kind of a snake. Oh, he is. Yeah, I he's mean, basically he a is. snake. Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. From the beginning it. when, you know, he's the one that kind of sets off Bruce's memories where he's like... Oh, you know, you you having trouble with women? Remember the one that got away? And he, like, and he kind of Bruce, Bruce off with yeah, that, right? Like, like he's kind of like, oh, the one that got away. He's like, he's like, you know what you're well, doing? Well, like, literally, thanks for the thanks for the handkerchief, Arthur. <laughs> you know where to stick it. And I'm like, woo, movie! I love the movie. Um, get away with lines like that. And then a little bit after that, we get Miss Bambi David dancing on the piano. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love that. Uh, all right. Dana Delaney as Andrea Beaumont and the Phantasm. This is extremely well done. It's extremely well it's done. It's extremely well done. Um, you need to find somebody that can play a character that's convincing enough to convince Batman to not want to be Batman yep. and to convince the audience to root for him to mm-hmm. not be Batman. You're going into this movie, one, with the season of the show yep. that you already enjoy, but two, just knowing that you love the character of Batman. And what is everybody's complaint when they see a Batman movie? I want more Batman. Yes. And here you're like, this character has to be so effective that you're like, you know, you don't do it. Don't yeah, do don't it. Do like, it. I mean, she completely turns his world upside down. And it is just fantastic. I mean, it's it's kind of in a weird way. Like, is this one of the best love interests we've seen on screen I mean, for a Batman for, movie? It's the best one so far. It's I the think best it's... one so far. I mean, I I wasn't. Conv- I mean, the only one that's like a close is like maybe Chase Meridian. But even then, no, I was gonna say um, I was still into Kyle, but no, Chase Meridian. Yeah, yeah, Chase Meridian. Yeah, yeah. Of course. She's, I mean, she's a close second, she's right? Like, she was so good they didn't use her in anything else. <laughs> But Selena, you know, Selena Kyle obviously is a second, I think. But no, I think, of course. I think like, this is flushed down and works better. That's the that's the point I'm making. Is like Selena Kyle obviously is the legendary one, and I would even argue like Talia Al Ghul. But like, oh well, I mean, I just mean in, of the movies we've seen so far. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. The yeah. Movies. We're talking about movies. I'm going off on everything. I'm not a Batman expert. Like I you know. Are, okay? I'm sorry. Um, and you're also a North mythology expert. But yeah, I don't have my Norse book with me, unfortunately. Uh, we're through that. God of War Ragnarok. Oh, I have a copy here for you. Oh, Come good. On. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I, always you. Keep, I keep the spare. Oh, I have my book. But yeah, her performance is just fantastic. And I think she is one of the best love interests. She's effective. Yeah. You walk away from the movie and you go, wow, I kind of didn't want him to choose being yeah. Batman in a way. Um, but, because oh. she is so... She clearly is crazy about Bruce. Yeah. And, and she knows he's Batman, and she's okay with it. And he's kind of like, oh. When does she figure that out? She figures it out. Um, in the grave in the graveyard, In right? the graveyard, because he's standing by the Wayne tombstone. Yeah. And she walks by, and she looks at it. But when she, she goes, comes to Gotham, she doesn't know. She does not know. Yeah. No, she does not know originally. Like, she kind of just shows up, 
thinking, I'm just going to take out all these gangsters. That's going to be it. And then, obviously, she's there visiting the tombstone. Bruce shows up in costume uh, to see his parents and then sees her. And then she runs over and looks at the tombstone and goes, yeah. is that Bruce? And she figures it out then. But her, even her introduction is so sweet where she's just, like, having this conversation with her mom. And he's yeah. like, who are you talking to? Like, yeah, that whole thing It's is so great. well done. But also the thing is, too, not only do you have to – she has to be so – well done that you want to root for Bruce to not be Batman, mm-hmm. but you also also has to be enough that when she is not there the next day or she returns the ring the next day, yeah, that you have to be devastated mm-hmm. and you have to be heartbroken, and it it works because yeah. it's like oh this and then also you have to buy in the fact that like her killing all these mobsters you have to kind of feel like it's justified a little mm-hmm. bit. Or that at least justified to her. Yes. Because she, w- if they did not show up at her dad's house that night or he did not have this issue, yeah. they would have gotten married. And yeah. They would have had a family. There would, and they would, would, there would be have, no Batman. There, there would, would be, be no Batman. No Phantasm. There yeah. would be no whatever. And I think that there's such the performance has done so well with this character and the character is just created so well that you are willing to buy into all this and yeah. you are heartbroken and you are frustrated and you are sad. Yeah. And you feel for this character. You feel for, for Bruce and for Batman. Yes. Um, you walk away like, oh my God, this is devastating for, for Bruce, for this Batman. What I also find really fascinating about this movie is, in a way, this movie kind of paints the picture that Bruce Wayne was going to become Batman no matter what. Fates were fate, pushing yeah, him fate, that way. Fate did it. The yeah. fate was pushing him that way no matter what. Because even... When he when he comes out and he decides, you know what? Because there's a moment in the movie where he says, "I'm I'm going to choose Andrea. I'm doing and I'm going <laughs> to." I'm doing Andrea. Well, easy. Listen, it's in the movie. Alfred, I'm having sex. No, um, he decides I'm going to be with Andrea. He buys the ring. He uh, says, "Look, I'm not good at this stuff." They decide we're going to get married, and what happens right after that? The bats fly out. Yeah, and it's kind of like, oh, no matter what. The fates, fate is pushing him in this direction. He is going to become Batman no matter what. Happiness is not an option for this man. No, it's it, it, this shows that the choice for him to be Batman was not there. He it, had to be. He Batman. had to become Batman because no matter what, even if he thought I'm going to make this choice to be happy, that was never realistic. It was always something was going to push him to be Batman because really, at the end of the day, if you think about it, Batman was always going to be there. Right, yeah. like it was always going to be nagging at him, and that this thing with his parents was always going to be somewhere deep down inside him. And he was like, I, "Would that marriage have even lasted?" Yeah, genuinely. Well, even like, even if you look at like it was going to eat away at him. Even if you look at like other stories and like the multiverse, right? Like if you look at like Flashpoint, in the, the not the, not the movie, but like you know like the Flashpoint storyline, yeah. right? Like what has happened? What happens when they go to another universe? And Bruce Wayne is dead. There's yeah. still a Batman. Thomas Wayne Batman. becomes Batman. Yep. Batman is inevitable. inevitable. It's inevitable. Inevitable. Yeah. I can say it. Yes. Inevitable. It happens. It's going and his, to happen. And, and Thomas Wayne is a violent Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But in, in, in some <laughs> capacity, Batman is always meant to happen. The symbol of fear exists no yeah. matter what. Whether it's, it's always Bruce going to happen. Or Thomas or somebody else, it's going to happen. It's going to happen no matter what. Okay, let's move on to the next guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker. Look, it's legendary. I think no, no, no. I think it's an incredible performance. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, I'm never going to complain about Mark Hamill as the Joker. Yes. I, you know, obviously, this guy comes off of one of the biggest franchises of all times mm-hmm. and finds 
success in voice acting. Voice acting, and that's pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, I love Mark Hamill. I love his Joker. This performance um, is incredible. I think his performance is really effective. Yeah, I do think that the weakness of the movie. It does feel like to me that the Joker is a little forced into the movie. It's interesting you're saying that. We'll talk about it in fun facts. Yeah. But they were very careful about how they wanted to use the Joker. Yeah. In this movie. And and I get and I liked I liked that he was involved in this situation. Yes. And he's ultimately the one that killed Andrea's father. Yes. That they that they show. But it does feel like the end like and I can kind of talk about the climax of this movie a little bit because the climax of this movie is Joker. I, it did feel like we had this, you know, 50-minute long story. Because the movie's only, what, like an hour 15 or something like that? Yeah, it's like 70 it, minutes or yeah, something. It felt like we had this 50-minute story of Bruce and, and Andrea and their love and fleshing out this character. And it's a very grounded Batman story with, mm-hmm. like you said, mobsters and all this. And it felt at the end, they are like, okay, now we have to have a big action scene and we have to have a big... You know, super villain. We had, it has to be Joker. He has to be involved. He has to. Be, and I know you said you had facts and stuff like that, but it did feel like it was just there for the sake of it being there. And they did tie it in as, as best as they could. I understand that. And I'm not saying I hate the ending, but it's not as effective or gripping for me as the rest of the movie. I think it really works. I, I really do. I think it really works. I like that. I hear what you're saying. Um, I think that whole ending works. It's it's actually some of my favorite stuff in the movie. I do really, really like it. I think it's to have this pre-Joker gangster, this guy who's no, going I to like become that. Joker. I like that. But like the idea of having him being ultimately the one who kills uh, Andrea's father, who kills Carl Beaumont, and then this guy later on becomes the Joker, and Andrea knows he is yeah, this guy. This guy, yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, that's fascinating to me like of course like i think it's interesting that they took the joker explored some of his past as a gangster mm-hmm. and now he's yes he is this super villain well i like, but, like all that it's, too yeah. but it's it, to me it doesn't feel forced because it's like here's what he was before no, joker that part now doesn't he's here and in a and but what's happening is like the other gangsters he's now paying for his sins yeah he's now going to pay although that obviously doesn't happen because the joker lives yeah. Um, because this is an early story. That I wish they they cleaned up a little bit more. That I will well, say. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I wish they cleaned up more. I, I think like... that whole scene between Andrea, Joker, and Batman is really incredible stuff. I really like that dynamic because it needs to happen. If this is the guy who actually killed Carl Beaumont, then why wouldn't she come face-to-face with him? No. And it happens to be no. the Joker. And I, and I agree with that, and I do like that. I guess I'm trying to figure out how to explain this, but I... I think there's a reliance on having to have action in that moment. This is not an action movie. And I understand that you have to have action with Batman. But it does feel like they take a break in the middle of this Batman Phantasm Joker story to just have Batman chasing down Joker and have him doing classic gags and doing things like that. But isn't isn't, isn't the whole thing with Joker that he's just chaotic? I, and he's going to do that anyway. I get it. It's just it that to he me, lives. He lives for the chase. I was so engaged in this phantasm story, and I do agree that I think that they blended the Joker in in his appearance into it so well. And I like the stuff like when he's with um, uh, Eve Vigoda's character, and he's yeah. like, you know, was it Sal or whatever? Sal, he's, with Sal yeah. he's like, oh, I, I like that Sal is forced to go to this guy. He knows he's he's dangerous. All that stuff. Yeah, I think that's effective. 
I just think my big like my biggest thing is in in the action scene in itself isn't as effective as say like that scene you mentioned earlier with the construction site where that is intense and that does feel like it's necessary sure. for the character of Batman and for all that. Right. So I so I, I think I know what you're saying. The whole gags and stuff like that with Joker. I, I think it's just more like we need to tie it, in something well, from the animated it just, series. It felt like they went, okay, we gave you the emotional aspects. Yeah. We gave you the talking and the dialogue and whatever. Yes. Now we need the action. And that just felt forced. I don't Whether know if it, it was Joker, forced. I think it's more earned. I think it's like, hey, you sat through this emotional movie. You've gotten a lot of heavy stuff. Let's take a break. We'll give you some Joker but gags. We'll take, give you some Joker fun. And then we'll go to this ending me, where Andrea catches him. To me, and this, I can only speak for myself. I know. I'm hearing you. Um, it, it, did, it just felt like I wanted an emotional ending. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see more... You created this environment that this is this is the type of movie we have. Sure. This darker, more serious, more conversationalist uh, kind of lore and Would and you it, rather the Joker wasn't involved? Not not even that, but I just I just it just felt it did that to me felt like the television show on steroids. Like it felt like the best of the television show. It is. Right? It's great as to me the ending Felt like just something that they ripped out of one of the episodes of the television show. I don't know. I I don't really agree with that. It just kind of feels like. And I think they pull. It, it feels kind of like an earned I moment think they where they're pull like, "Let's it just back have fun." With like the ending the conversation between Bruce and or Batman and Alfred in the Batcave and how they play that off, and I sure. think that that is effective. But I think even the moment where Andrea actually catches the Joker and has him in her grasps is really effective. Yeah. It I is. think that's really effective because when he's just laughing maniacally and she's just like, all right, bye. Like she's like, all right, goodbye, my love. He's laughing maniacally and that smoke comes up and they just disappear. It is kind of effective to me. I'm like, this is really like, – And that's for you. And, you know and that's mean? for me. That's yeah. what I'm saying. For me, it, it really works. And I didn't have a problem with the Joker chasing. I was like, fine. You know, he's in this amusement park. He's chaotic. Yeah. He lives for the chase. It makes sense that they're putting this in it, here. And it doesn't bother me. And I get yeah. that you're saying that there's all this emotional stuff going on. You're right. There is. It is a really grounded story. But even within these grounded stories, the Joker is still going to do what the Joker does. He's still yeah. going to be chaotic. He's still going to live for the chase. He's still going to take off and try to get away. And you just have to sit through a couple minutes of it, and it's what it is. You know, but it, the, it doesn't it doesn't like add yeah. or subtract anything from the. Movie I'm not for even me. saying that I hated it by any means, sure. but for a movie that I thought almost everything else was pretty perfect, sure, it just wasn't on that level for me. Okay, that's cool. All. Yeah. all right, well, let's move on then. Ke- oh, man, Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne and Batman. This is easily one of the best performances of Batman that will ever exist right i mean like Kevin, to many people kevin conroy is, is batman. batman is their batman yeah. and he, i will say he kind of was for me yeah um i grew up watching the animated series and he was my batman and he before christian bale even like this was the guy and to the, the extent voices that, like, are so distinct between bruce wayne and batman yeah. it just stands out so much and the performance is so strong all the way through you you just like I don't even know how anyone could dislike it because I'm like, this guy is Batman. (laughs) Like, he gets it. To the extent that, like, if I watch any animated thing and it's not Kevin Conroy, I have, I really struggle. Yeah. Like, like, and I'm not saying that people can't be good 
they can't be other good, you know, animated yes. Batmans. But like, if it's not him in an animated movie I, or a video game, it's just, it's a, almost a put off. I one hundred percent agree with you. That's why it's going to be weird moving forward in the yeah, DC this, animated in this universe. Crusaders, yes, and stuff. Yeah. Because when you move forward with it, it's going to be kind of interesting. Because I've watched other shows with a different voice actor portraying Batman, and I have to tell you, it's yeah. an adjustment for me. Like I listen to it and I go, "This is an adjustment." And some of them, some of them are okay, and they are good. And then other ones to me just don't make sense. Like other ones I hear and I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't get what this guy's doing. I don't understand why he's making that choice. But a lot of them don't live up to this because yeah. this is such a singular performance. Yeah. And it really stands out among all the Batman, live action included. Like this guy is the voice of Batman, truly. And I think a lot of actors – and I know Mike, we credited Michael Keaton as the guy coming up with like the different voices in a way – but yeah. the but to me, when you hear Kevin Conroy do it, it's two completely different voices. Yeah. I mean, it is two completely different voices, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like there's a separation here. Yeah. And you kind and I think Christian Bale takes more more of a hint from Kevin Conroy than he does yeah. Keaton. Like the voices are completely different, right? Like when he's talking to Bruce, when he's like, hey, what's up? And then when he does the whole, you know, he gets down there in that Look, register. It's Kevin Conroy is the guy you credit. I love the Bale voice. Oh, we're talking about that next week. We'll talk about that I don't, next week. I know it's con- that's a con- that's a hot take. I love the Bale voice. <laughs> that is a hot take. I love the Bale yeah, voice. Yeah, I enjoy the Bane voice, so that'll be a hot take. When oh, get to that. Yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, it, it, this Mom, dude. I'm sorry. This dude is 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 incredible. <laughs> I still like. Incredible. I still love Stallone as Bane, though. But I they shall go, man. <laughs> but the, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Kevin Conroy is, is is absolutely incredible, and the yeah. passion and the and the love that he had for the character, yeah. even to the extent of like the, the reason, like you know, him choosing the products. Like he didn't just he could have done Batman for the rest of his life. Yeah, he could have done every single Batman and every single animated project yep. and never had a problem. Yep, but he was selective about what he did. Yeah, right. And he and he did. He wanted to do the good material. Yeah, and and, and he, he was selective. not everything he did was perfect, but he had a love for it. Yeah, right? and but also how good he was with the fan base. Yeah, loved oh, yeah. the fans. Well, I mean, then he went to conventions, would like hang out with people. I mean, it was a really. Just, did you ever hear his story about nine eleven? I don't well, think he, I, maybe he, I so. I don't know it completely, but I, I watched. I did did listen to some interviews. He did some really good interviews yeah. on their various podcasts and stuff. And he talked about how after nine eleven hit, he I guess he was living in New York or whatever or somewhere, and he volunteered. I think it was New York, and he mm-hmm. volunteered in like a kitchen that was uh, helping to I think provide foods for um, firefighters and and you know like you know essential workers right, or whatever right. that were helping to with the towers and stuff. And he said he just worked in the kitchen. He didn't tell anybody, you know, whatever. But somebody, like, there, and they would ask him, like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm an actor or whatever, do stuff. And somehow, like, somebody recognized his voice or whatever. Because I think his, especially for a while, his, like, Bruce Wayne voice was kind of pretty, pretty close to his actual talking yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. And somebody recognized his voice. I was like, you're, you're Batman. And he was like, no, no. And they're like, no, you're Batman. <laughs> and then, like, no, no. like, literally, like, you know, like, in the time of, like, this is, like, right after, like, 9-11, yeah. right after the attacks where, like, everybody is so dour. Yeah, and this, yeah. And these are the people that are trying to save all these lives and yeah. stuff. Like, they're running around going, that dude's Batman. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, 
And they're like, do it! And he's like, man, yeah, like, yeah. come on! So he's like, I am vengeance! Yeah. Like, in, back in the kitchen, and everyone's like, cheering. Yeah, everyone's so, like, cheering. you know, he's like, the fact that he could provide... Something like, something along the lines of that. That is an incredible story. So the fact story. that he could provide, like... He's like, the fact that I could provide light to these people. Yeah. And they were looking up to me as this hero and yeah. these are the people that are giving their lives and doing all this stuff in this time like that was amazing <laughs> that's like, an incredible story yeah um, what a great story you gotta listen. I, I'm gonna find the interview yeah. and send you the, send you the interview is that Kevin Smith's podcast no I, don't, okay. I think I think he's told the story a couple times he's told okay. it at conventions and stuff right, like right. that it's a great story that's he a used good to, one he used to do a lot of conventions with Will Fredell from Boy Meets World because he was uh, oh right because he was um uh, Batman Beyond. He yes, was, um, he was Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis. Yeah. yeah, and they and they were close friends and stuff. So yes, um, yeah. They, I forgot it, he. I, I forgot Will Friedle was. Yeah, he's old. He's old Terry. Okay, yeah, he's Terry. Okay. Yeah, he's Terry. He's Terry. <laughs> so they they they, they uh, did a lot of interviews and I know Will Friedle cool. mentioned um, like that was difficult when he passed away and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, I can yeah, imagine. So. Well, look, I'm not going to linger on too long. But yeah. Kevin Conroy, and, and legend. It's a shame that he's not here anymore and. And it's also, you know, we'll see. I know his last project, what is Suicide Squad versus, or Justice, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League is his last yes, project? Yes, I think that's going to be the final one. That, and hopefully. And that, that just went, I think, into development hell. Yeah. Because they're completely restructuring that game. Um, because so they, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to get it anytime quick, soon. Real quick. Because we have a little bit of time. Yeah. We're ahead. Hey, here's this game with four completely different, <laughs> unique characters that have four different, unique abilities. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I can't wait to. Shoot with with Deadshot to be the brute with uh, King Shark, to be the aerial guy with with uh, Captain Boomerang, and to be like the fight the melee fighter with Harley Quinn. No, they all have guns. They all have guns. The looter shooter. They, 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 what? But like they no no they all have no, guns. Everyone but, like, has a the gun. boomerangs. No no guns. Guns. What? What? I look. I am in complete agreement with you when. The, the first gameplay footage came out and everyone's watching it and it, all of the characters are shooting. Everyone was like, what What the hell is it's this? It's Fortnite with superheroes. It's Fortnite it's like, with superheroes. And it's just like, what were you thinking? It's like you had four specific heroes or villains, I guess, that all have unique abilities and you just gave them all guns? Like, you didn't think, like, oh. Especially if one of the characters' you specialty is already gun. Guns. You have Deadshot. That's the gun guy. You have your gun guy. And then it's just like, okay, you're like you said, you have Harley Quinn. Let's give her some melee weapons. You know, give her like, the staff or something. The, ha- staff, the hammer, right? The hammer, yeah. anything. And then you, King Shark, the brute. Like, he's strong. He can move things he that can they bite can. People. He, he can, can bite do the people. Hand. Like, if there's big obstacles in the way. King Shark can move it, right? And then Captain Boomerang, he can toss those boomerangs. He's aerial. Maybe he gets in the air. He's got high yeah. jumping power, right? Stuff like that. And they're just like, yeah, no, they all have guns. Yeah, they're all dead shot. The wildest. That's the wildest. I remember watching this going, wait. So wait, they all have guns? Like, I was, I got to tell you. It's the wildest decision I've ever seen a video game make. I know. It's I, so strange. It's so strange. I, look, I'm not like blown away often, but that blew me the f- away. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I was excited for that game because I was like, oh, it's Rocksteady. These guys made the Arkham games, which were legendary, which also featured Kevin Conroy's Batman. Yeah. And those are incredible games. And I was like, oh, great. I can't wait to, like, see what they do with Suicide Squad. And then you get all this news that it's going to be killing the Justice League. And you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait for this. And then they put out gameplay footage. And everyone's like, huh, not uh, (laughs) – Not what I was expecting. And basically, uh, from what I've heard, they've basically, 
Rocksteady is just back down in the cave working on this again. Look, I don't think the game is... They're claiming it's going to be ready in a year. Like, next February. They're claiming they're shooting for next February. Yeah, but remember, didn't... They're going to push that again. Didn't because, the first trailer debut, like, 2020? Yes. Um, the problem that I'm hearing... Like, I'm not a video game expert, uh, or, or how to make video games. I don't know how to make video games, but the problem that I've been hearing that people keep referencing is the skeleton of this video game... Was made to be a shooter. Was made to be a shooter. So they essentially have to go back in and change everything. So... The fact that they're claiming this game is going to be out in February is insane to me because yeah. I'm like, I would have just said, look, we're going to shut, we're, we're not even going to give you a release window. We're just going to go back and work on game, this yeah. and we'll just let you know when it's done. Guys, like, we even, f- up. <laughs> even if, yes, even if it's like two years from now, like, just go back and work on the game yeah. because at this point, it's like, don't keep getting people's hopes up by saying, oh, we're just going to push it a few months and we'll fix it. It's unfixable. They got the, the problem. Like, you need to make a game that's. Fits your hero, yes. and not like a mold. Like they, the, the, the these game companies and these like these companies that are selling their characters are like, oh, make a game like Destiny or make yes. a game like Fortnite. Yes, and that's what the problem was. And like you can you can crap on like the the Avengers game, and that's not a very good game. But mm-hmm. at least those heroes remotely for the for the most part play differently. Yes, right. Like at least they all have different skills. It's not like they're all shooters. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. And, and and that's not a great game either because it's just Destiny with superheroes. It's like, yep. why are you doing this? Like, why why is this you, happening? Why can't you just make a game? Just make know. a game. Meanwhile, Insomniac's over here going, oh, here's a masterpiece. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, Spider-Man 2 is going to be incredible. It's, I'm hoping. Yeah. No, I think it is. I, I think it is. You I know, think it is. Wait, wait till the next trailer and Insomniac's, we were really excited to show these guys. It's a shooter. It's a shooter. <laughs> it's a Spider-Man shooter. It's, it's a, Spider- a Spidey shooter. <laughs> what? What? No, um, no, I, but I'm glad we went on that. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to touch on that. Yeah. I wanted to, yeah, no, it's been bothering me. It's a shooter. Um, it's a shooter. The whole thing's a shooter. Everyone's dead shot. There's actually no unique abilities whatsoever. Everyone gets to shoot. Isn't that fun? Let's move on to the synopsis. When Andrea Beaumont returns to Gotham, Bruce Wayne thinks he finally has a shot at a normal life. But when a new villain known as the Phantasm starts killing off uh, Gotham's crime bosses, Batman finds himself being framed for the murders. On the run, he must clear his name and solve the mystery of who is under the mask of the Phantasm. I love it. You like that? I love it. Come on, I put the title it's in. Effective. It's, it's effective. It's effective. <laughs> whenever you put whenever you put the title in, chef's kiss. Yeah, chef's kiss. Look, uh, the story is incredible. We've talked about this. It's, yeah. Well, the thing that the word that we we used last week that we haven't really used here today is it, it, it's so complex. Yeah. It's complex. It's layered. It has a lot of emotional. I'm going to sound very pretentious here but it has a lot of emotional dexterity yeah right yeah it's good for the podcast it's good and <laughs> it's got a lot of that and somebody's been reading the dictionary somebody's been reading the dictionary webster's but it's got a lot of that hey, and i think you need a dictionary <laughs> hi there do you need a dictionary well could i interest you in webster's from a to z webster's that's a w Dum dum dum. But I, this, it's just an incredible story, and like we keep saying, it's the shortest movie, but it it like mines the most material yeah. out of Batman that we have yep. seen yet. And look, I I know we're obviously the next three weeks are going to be big weeks because yep. we got the Nolan stuff, and I you know you and I are big fans of those movies, and that's going to be really yeah. fun to get into. <laughs> most of them. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I I, I think 
I will not sit here uh, across from you as you trash the Dark Knight. I won't listen to no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I know you won't. No, I, like, I, I, I have the movies is what I'm saying. I'm interested to see how Rises works for me this time. Sure. Yeah. Begins in Dark Knight, though. Oh, no, no, no Great yeah. movies. But Nolan Trilogy is going to be like a big three weeks. But I think it's really nice that we kind of had this separation week like this with yep. Phantasm because we were able to kind of take a step back after doing kind of uh, these big in-your-face movies the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we're able to kind of step back and pull the reins back and go, okay, let's just do a nice animated, short animated movie that's easy to watch. It's quick. It's like 70, 75 minutes, but it gets Batman and it gets yep. how complex it is. And it just, it, it nails, nails yeah. it. And you're and like, you know, okay. You don't need this to be longer. Yes. Because I think if it's longer, it's too dour. Yes. It's too, you're in this world and in this sadness, just the perfect amount of time and then yeah. you're out. You know what I mean? It's just but enough. The story is so well that so well done that I was watching this movie and I kept asking myself, why can't they just do this? Like, this why is what can't? We want. Yeah. yeah. And I know that. Um. And I, I swear I did not take this from that because I had, had developed that myself. But John, you know, our friend John had yes. messaged me, sent me a video of like somebody I think like talking about the Batman animated series and like, hey, you want to make a Batman movie? Do this. Oh, he said like, that too. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, do yeah. this. And I think like, we're just on the list of John memes that he yeah, sends everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, just do this. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I didn't get that from that because I was always like like watching this movie. I watched this movie over over a week yeah. ago. I was like, why can't they just tell this story? Like, mm-hmm. why couldn't a story like this work in live I've action? That this They don't have to rely on spectacle mm-hmm. or they don't have to rely on... And the Batman's a little bit... A little bit like that. Ah, I think it's going that direction. Um, but like, you don't have to rely on spectacle or action or any mm-hmm. of that stuff. I want to see emotional weight. If you can, you can hook me with a conversation. Yep. You know what I mean? And I want to see that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, yeah. Okay, it's a, it's a wonderful tie, story. Let's tie this into our opinion. Tie it into the opinion. It's a trash movie. No. Uh, <laughs> I said at the top, this is an incredible film. I think this is one of the best Batman films ever made. Yeah. I could have used a little bit more Arnold for my liking. <laughs> I think. When we rank this, this is going to be high for me. Very high, and yeah. I don't, I don't care if it's a hot take. I don't care if people are bothered by it. I'm I, like, this to is be a honest high. with you, I don't even think it's a hot take. I don't think it is either. But like sometimes when you see those ratings, like people kind of, to me, I sometimes see like ranking the Batman movies, mm-hmm. and people mass kind of low. It's on the lower end of it. Like when you're ranking all the films, and they'll put like, like obviously usually Batman or Robin is like. The last, yeah. But they'll they'll put kind of these other films in front of them. Like, kind of think Mask is better than that film. Yeah. You know, like I I do think Mask is better than well the Schumacher movies. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like I don't care about you know. Oh I no, think it's, it's better than Returns. Like I I really, think it's better than most of the most movies. of them. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's a really like. But you'll see those movies in front of this, and I'm like, I just don't agree with that. This is yeah. a better movie than that. But no, it's an incredible movie all the way around. I love it very much, and I think maybe that goes into my love of the animated series as well. But yeah. I just. No, I, I think this is just a top tier Batman movie. It's a, all the it's, way through. It's a near perfect Batman movie, to be honest with you. I think, yeah, like this conversation we had about the climax and how it's not completely effective for me. Like it may come off as like that's a big complaint to me. It's right. really not. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It just brings it down a step. Right. You know what I mean? I still think that it, it's such a a wonderful movie. The scene of him at the gravestone yeah. is just absolutely. Incredible, yeah, and 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 I don't, I off the top of my head, I can't think of a Batman scene that has been as effective or emotionally damaging as that scene. Right, like it works. Yeah, and I feel like they're constantly chasing that, and yeah. and that is 
that 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 is maybe the perfect Batman scene. That's probably the perfect Batman scene. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and and it's really it's really well done, and the yeah. whole movie is really well done. And I know, like you mentioned, people might have a low or whatever. I think a lot of it too is a lot of people just don't remember it. Yeah, you know what I mean. A lot of people don't know it. A lot of people think it's a it's a home to video movie or anything like that. Um, but I think it's it's really well done. I yeah. agree with you. I really, but I think for the most part, I really don't think it's that much of a hot take. Yeah, to love it that much. And, it's, and, and it's, I, yeah. it's got some incredible what you, imagery too. What's your score? Look, I, this is purely just because I I love the anime series. I love the movie. This is I th- I think this is a personal favorite of mine. This is a five star for me. Yeah, but I uh, that's just me. Uh, but what about you? I have four and a half stars. Yeah, it's high. I mean, for I us. mean that's what I mean. Like it, like literally, the ending takes away from the five star ending. Sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's not a big drop. Right. You know what I mean? It's 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 high up. This there. movie it's is top, incredible. It's top. This notch. movie is incredible. And you mentioned I wanted to, wanted to just throw this out here uh-huh. um, because we are talking about Batman movies and and it's a little old. And I don't usually, I'm not trying to plug anybody else, but even for you, um, you might be interested in this. You talk about like ranking movies. Yeah. Um, a, a guy I follow on YouTube uh, named Dan Merle, very uh-huh. successful, um, or you know he's he's not you know he's not a huge name, but he's you know he has his own YouTube channel. He worked sure. on he worked on uh, another channels and stuff like that previously. Mm-hmm. He created a couple years ago, I think twenty twenty year twenty twenty one. He created his own channel, right? And he in before the Batman came out last year, he went and did a Batman ranking video, but okay. he didn't rank the live action movies or the theatrical release movies. He ranked at the time. Every single Batman movie ever made, including oh all of the animated stuff, Jeez. and any things that he felt like he Batman was the main like character. Right. So like a couple of the Justice League animated stuff, not the live action Justice League stuff, because right. Batman's kind of just in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it was forty four movies total. Yeah, and it's an incredible ranking. It's incredible breakdown okay. of this character. So if you are ever looking to listen to people rank these movies, yeah. Dude dedicated a whole bunch of time, oh and it's God. it's really well done, nice. and I highly highly recommend. It's okay, on I can't wait to watch so this. 44, 44 Batman movies, and and I know obviously at this point there's more, and it doesn't have the bat, it didn't have the Batman in it because it was before the Batman. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's incredible. I can't wait. I'm gonna check that out. And he ranks Phantasm pretty high, so makes sense. So. I like this guy then. <laughs> um, okay, uniqueness. Uh, what stands out to you? First off, it's a beautiful, beautifully animated movie. Yeah. I love. I just love the, the design, and the aesthetic of the animated show. The imagery is so yeah, just it phenomenal. Works. Yeah, um, it's the fact that we have time with this character. It feels mm-hmm. like I get to know. The, I feel like I feel like just through this movie alone. Yeah, I know this Bruce Wayne. I know yep. this Batman. Yep, I know this world, and that's really effective. Yes, all of that stands out to me. That uniqueness, that imagery, that imagery yeah. is just. I mean, there's some really like great shots. I mean, when he is suiting up and he's in the dark. And he's yeah, got well, the cape on, he's holding, powerful. he's looking at the cow, real stuff, like you said, the stuff with the tombstone, really powerful. Um, again, the, what else stands out? The writing, the writing, how complex and layered this writing is compared yeah. to any other Batman movie we've done. And the fact that it's not an action-driven movie, no. this is very much a character study movie uh, all the way through. And yeah, climaxes with some action towards the end, but not an action-driven movie. Uh, and I think that's really unique for a Batman film at this time, because I think everything else has been that we've done. Yeah. Uh, does this bring anything new? I think it brings a dramatic tone yes. that was that that was needed, but also like a balance, a balance, a balance yeah. of it. This doesn't feel too stylistic. I like '89, and I respect Batman Returns, sure. right? But it's too much Tim Burton, right? And and I really liked you know Batman Forever, right? And Batman and Robin is I mean obviously garbage, <laughs> yes. But that's too much Schumacher, and right. this isn't too much anybody. This is yes. this is. 
It's a perfect it's balance. It's a good balance of yeah. There's darkness, but there's also some light. There's also some light. Yeah. There's some humor. There's love story. Mm-hmm. It is this great balance of everything you need out of a Batman movie. Yeah. It, and you're right. That's that pretty much hits the nail on the head. It it balances everything perfectly and creates an actual Batman story you're invested in yeah. all the way through. And it's not the silly action movie all the way through. Where Batman's just the action hero. He's more than that in this movie. He's more than an action hero in this movie. He's an actual like human being with emotions and layers. And he's not just oh my parents died. I'm Batman. Like he has real issues. He yeah. has real trauma and mental problems or mental illness from this it's a real thing so yeah to me that's kind of like what the new stuff is that's what that's what is new to this is that exploration of it all what is the best scene we know what it is please it's the the gravestone scene yes it is it's the gravestone scene yes it is we talked about it already it's not just the best movie scene in this movie might be the best scene in all Batman. It might be the best Batman scene ever made. I mean, j- just that line. It perfectly. I, I mean, seriously, yeah. I didn't count on being happy. It's such a heavy line. It perfectly encapsulates like, what, why he does what he does, right? Like, yeah, it shows that he, it, he doesn't do it and almost like almost not out of revenge for his parents. Like, he right. feels like he's obligated. Like, like you said, like the day that his parents died right fate shone down on this kid shine yes. down on this kid and said you this is your job you this have is to what do this. you must do yes and as he's getting ready for the process of it and he's like well i have to do this because i have nothing else in my life mm-hmm. this butler is is the only thing i have in my life the only relationship i have the only whatever right. and i think you know introducing andre and andrea into the, his life yeah and introducing that life goes on right yep. and i think that 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 is something that you know, when you lose somebody in your life, life pauses for a little bit. Yeah. And 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 you're afraid to unpause. Right. Because you're afraid to continue your life without that person. Right. And this is a character who obviously, you know, Bruce Wayne is afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. He's afraid to live his life. So he doesn't. He doesn't live his life. Mm-hmm. And and when he does, it's it's under the masquerade of just trying to keep this persona down right he never hits the restart button yeah he never hits play again and and he's trying to stay on he's trying to stay on pause and then when she comes along he has to hit he does hit play yeah and he realizes that like oh wait and this is obviously like i mean i don't know how old he's supposed to be in the movie i know he's supposed to be younger in those flashbacks I would say I'm, get, like I'm getting the vibe that 20s i was gonna say mid-20s because i think batman the animated series they establish is like 30s yeah. So I think they're they're kind of like he's probably like I would say he's early like to mid twenties, twenty four, twenty five, yeah, something like that. Um, and it's this man who obviously decades after his parents died, he is, or at least a decade, he's he's afraid to move on because he's yeah. af- he's afraid that he's betraying them, and, and that is something that I do think people ha- have right. Yeah. Like the, like they always say like you know, and as somebody who has lost a, a parent, like. The first Christmas, the first, you know, uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, the first mm-hmm. New Year's, the first, you know, Thanksgiving, everything, right? Yeah. The, the, the A wedding that you might have, the birth of a child. Like, yeah. these are all things that, like, they're more, they're painful because of this. And yeah. this is something that, like, he's cut himself off in this pain. He's prevented this from happening. Yeah. He's, he's not allowing himself to have it. But when now that he's tasted happiness and he's tasted this, he's he's tempted to, to move on. Yeah. But he, he can't bring himself to do it yeah and and he's literally begging his parents basically for permission to be happy and yeah. that is such a powerful thing and obviously as as a father i can speak from this 
obviously, you always want your child to be happy. So if his parents were alive, obviously, they would want him to be happy. Yes. They're not, they, it's not like they left a will, dear Bruce, rotten misery for the rest of your <laughs> right, life. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, they w- would want him to be happy. Right. But he can't, he can't let go of this idea that he must avenge them or he must do this for them. Yes. But really what they would want to do is live his life. Yeah. Well, um, I can't say it better than that. So, uh, <laughs> nicely done. It was all great until you said it as a father. <laughs> Good argument until then. I'm not uh, sure if you're aware of this. Connectivity. I'm a father now. How does this fit in with the franchise? I'm just going to plow right through. <laughs> how does this fit um, into the franchise? Well, as a father, well, I can t- no, is this a worthy continuation? <laughs> uh, how does this fit in the franchise? It doesn't. It uh, fits no, into the television show. It fits into the show. So that And that's the, the part of the extended franchise. Yeah, it's its but own thing. But compared to everything we've seen before, this is a completely different take yeah, on it, the this character. is very much its own thing. Um, and th- that's the thing. We're doing the brand, basically, we're right? We're doing you the brand, I mean? yeah. Is this a worthy continuation of the franchise? 100%. 100%. Yep. There's nothing better. Um, all right, well, before we get into the future of the franchise, my friend, I got some casting and I have some fun facts. Uh, I will tell you, casting is very small. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because everyone pretty much reprises their role yeah. from the animated series. Well, everyone literally does. Everyone reprises their role from the animated series. But what I do have uh, is a little information here for casting. Uh, Dana Delaney auditioned for the role because she was a Batman fan and she really loved the script. It was her first voice acting role. She impressed director Bruce Tim so much that, I don't know if you know this, Dana Delaney is another voice in the DC Animated Universe. She voices Lois Lane. I was gonna say it was Lois Lane. She voiced Lois Lane in Superman the Animated Series. And Bruce Tim, when he started developing that show, remembered her and was like, Yeah, you're gonna be Lois. And he brought her in and she voices Lois Lane. So pretty cool. Other fun facts. That's all I have for casting. Yeah, that's fine. there's nothing else. How'd they get um, Eva Gota? I don't know. They just said, <laughs> Hey, hey, get in here. And he was like, Okay. The Weezer. <gasps> I'm doing Good I'm Burger. Doing, yeah, I'm doing Good Burger. You gotta get me off the set. Years early. Uh, other fun facts. Uh, most of the film is based on the graphic novels Batman Year One and Batman Year Two. Uh, the flashback to Batman's first night uh, crime fighting, donning a jacket and ski hat, is parallel to Year One, while the design and concept of Phantasm was derived from the Reaper, who is the primary villain of Year Two. So they kind of like developed the Reaper or the Phantasm around that character, which is kind of cool. The end credit song, I Never Even Told You, is a rare singing performance by Tia Carrere. I don't know who that is, but she seems to be... I, hang on. I I've heard I that do. name. I think I do. I've heard that name, and I meant to put more information about her, and I didn't. You would know her from Wayne's World. Yes. She, that's why I wanted to say. She is uh, from Wayne's World, and she does... Um, she's the love interest in yep. Wayne's World. Yep. Um, yeah, she sings that song, I Never Even Told You, at the end, which is really... A beautiful song. I don't know if you listen to any of it at the end credits. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Very good, very good. Uh, but yeah, and she was she was up for a couple of roles, I think, in a couple of the other movies we talked about. So we yes. mentioned her on here before as well. Yes. Okay. Here's some of the WB stuff. Uh, late into production of this film, WB decided to make the movie a theatrical release instead of the originally intended direct-to-video feature. Uh, while the animators were thrilled and extremely grateful for the decision. This, less, this left them with less than a year of production time and scrambling to convert the aspect ratio to widescreen, which sounds difficult. <laughs> that sounds really yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. Um, converting an aspect ratio sounds difficult. The scene, which depicts Bruce Wayne at his parents' tombstone saying, I didn't count on being happy, uh, was meant to be a pivotal moment in Bruce's tragic life as he denies himself the opportunity at a normal life. Yeah, good stuff. According to Reeves, when Bruce puts on the mask for the first time and Alfred says, my God... 
uh, he's reacting in horror because he's watching this man he's helped raise from childhood, this man who has the desire for vengeance and retribution consume his life, at last embrace the unspeakable. Which is a heavy moment in there, too. Yeah. Um, we talked about that. It's a suiting up scene, the first suit up scene. No bat nipples. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Paul Miss Arnold, though. <laughs> Paul Dini intended each of the flashbacks in the Batman's love life to have a tendency to get worse uh, when you were hoping things will get better. Although the Joker plays a pivotal role in the film, it was Alan Burnett's intention to tell a story far removed from the television show's regular rogues gallery. Uh, the writers were highly cautious of placing the Joker in the film because they didn't want any connection to Batman 89. Yeah. So you're kind of like on this... Like when you were saying, like, oh, it felt a little forced. They felt that too, I think. Yeah. I think they were feeling a little bit like, do we want to do that? They like, kind of had to because, put... yeah. Yeah, I think they work it in well, but like it makes... They were hesitant as well. Um, writer Michael Reeves said, We realized that we could make his appearance serve the story in a way that we never could in live action. Alan Burnett stated, He wanted to do a love story with Bruce because no one had really done it on the TV show. I wanted a story that got into his head. Yeah, cool stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. The original idea for the film was to have Batman being captured by his enemies at Arkham Asylum and face a kangaroo court in which the villains try him for making them what they are. The idea's concept was considered too brainy as it required Batman to be immobile for a long period of time. But the idea was later used in the series episode Trial, uh, which aired after the film's release. I've seen that episode. It's very good. I've seen every episode of the show, so I mean, it, 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 uh, I must have seen it at one point. Yeah, it's a good uh, episode. I think Just that's a really, all, it's all the rogues. I think all, it's a really good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. I'm not sure it would work in a movie though, the animated movie, because it's kind of like not not the first thing. No, yeah. uh, maybe down the road. Yeah, yeah maybe down the road. Uh, the computer-generated version of Gotham City seen in the opening credits was originally designed to be used in the animated series. Could you imagine if that was the opening, not the legendary one that we got? <laughs> be kind of wild. Do, do, do. Uh, this is the first comic book film to be nominated for an Annie Award for Best Animated Feature, losing to The Lion King. Mm. Uh, the Annie Awards are like the animated Yeah, awards. yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. animated Oscars. And this is obviously before a animated Oscar. Yeah, so. this is way before that time. Um, I wonder if it would have gotten a nomination. If, uh, oh, man, I think I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe, but again, it probably would have been five films. Yeah. So who knows? Andrea Beaumont was named after casting a vocal supervisor, Andrea Romano, whom star Kevin Conroy occasionally teased. So there you go. Uh, Mark Hamill went to a screening at a local theater during the film's theatrical release. With only a few people in attendance, he asked them to sit with him before the film started. That's very sweet. Aww. That's very sweet. It's also probably not great when like. You did this film. You go there, the theater, yeah. and you're like, ah, eh. well, it was Christmas. Uh, the first film set in a DC animated universe. That's what this is. That's very true. Yeah, uh, it's true. Production took eight months from start to finish, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I'm like, that's really, it's, that's it's a really, fast it's turnaround. a turnaround. Uh, Citizen Kane served as an influence for the flashbacks, a story about loss and the passage of time. Yeah, I was going to say, too, I like that, that like, the flashbacks are kind of timeless, like yes. it, they, they, they do feel like they're from like the 30s but yes. I don't think it's meant to be that yeah it's yeah. yeah it's fine despite the title the phantasm is never referred to by name I was gonna say they that never yeah. actually say it's phantasm never called the phantasm yep. yeah uh, when they reviewed this film for their show Siskel and Ebert both regretted not seeing it in its theatrical release Siskel in particular liked the film and compared it favorably to the other Batman films Batman Returns and Batman Forever yeah. Siskel's a fan uh, this, big, is, um, this is the guy who gave a... Uh, is Rocky? Yeah, uh, Rocky, Rocky 5. This is the guy who gave a big thumbs up to Rocky 5. Uh, legendary critic. 
Gene Siskel. Gene Siskel. Loves Batman Mask of Phantasm. Loves Rocky V. Big thumbs up for Rocky V. Robin's absence is explained in the novelization of the movie uh, that he is at college. Which is often what they did in the show. And they don't need that. They did not not work without him, no. They did not need Robin. It would not work with him, yeah. Yep. Uh, To keep the identity of the Phantasm a secret, Stacey Keach, who voiced Carl Beaumont, also voiced the Phantasm while masked. The animators made it so that the Phantasm had the same build as Carl and Arthur Reeves. So you could actually... Do either I think they were also misleading, hoping it would also be Arthur Reeves. But the movie comes off more as Carl than Arthur Reeves to me. But um, the opening theme contains an in-joke in that the choral chanting... At the very beginning, all the choral chanting consists of the orchestrators Lolita Britmanis, Michael Makushian, and Peter Tomaszek's names sung backwards. <laughs> That's all it is. That's, That's all the chanting is. Uh, when the Joker shoots the robots in the World's Fair, the sound of them winding down is the sound of the Millennium Falcon winding down from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and that's all I got. That's kind of cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. a little nod. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for my fun facts. Like I said, it wasn't heavy this week because no, it's like... No, no, no. You just can't have that much with all this. It's just kind of like, you know, the animated movies are, I find, have been a little bit more difficult to do research on, like yeah. especially casting-wise, because it's this like is... a lot of, especially, dude, when we do the Lego Batman movie, a lot of it is just like uh, these big stars just go into negotiations and they just get the role. Yeah, like, it's not yeah. even really, it's not, like, no, 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 it's not a process for that no. movie. It's just like, oh, this guy wants to be in the movie. Okay, let's get him a deal yeah. and put him in. Or who's hot right now? Okay, exactly. Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill. Yes, yeah. it's not. There's literally nothing like it's. It's not the process. Like with the live action, it's like a search for Batman. Yeah. With the Lego Batman movie, I literally I'm doing care. the research for it, and I'm like, okay, it just sounds like actors were entering into deals, and yeah. that's all. And like they wanted to be in the movie, well, and they were like, okay, is this and the only second second time we're talking about an animated movie? I know we did five animated movies before, but the Shrek. But we haven't yeah. done animations in Shrek, right? No, I don't think we have. No, we haven't. This is yeah. Because the the Night at the Museum one was not out. Yes, yes. Infamously, infamously was not out, out. <laughs> but came out shortly after. Uh, we talked about it. Okay, so future of the franchise. Should there have been a sequel to this? Yeah, you run another I, one. I, well, I mean, we get other. I would get other anime stuff. Series movies. But, Sub-Zero um, is really good. I haven't seen that one. I don't think. Yeah, Sub-Zero but, um, is good. But yeah, I I would I would like to see. More of this, yes. and we do kind of get stuff. it. But I would well, like Sub Zero is not as grounded. Sub Zero is actually a little bit more. Uh, it's got more action in it. It's a yeah. Mister Freeze story yeah. more than anything. But it's yeah, but they established that character so well in this, in the animated. That's show, why it yeah. works. Yeah. Um, what do you want to see in the future? I want to see more uh, of of an emotional take on Batman. Yeah. I think that the character Bruce Wayne can be effective in a Batman movie. Right. Or interesting to see, and I think this might be one of the most interesting uses of that character mm-hmm. right now. And I think the only one that can really match it hasn't even happened yet, and that yeah. is, that's if Matt Reeves goes in the way that we think he will go. Yes, and we'll talk about that when we see the Batman, sure, because that's not even really a character in the movie. But I think in the future he could really flesh it out, Big and time. I think that's his plan. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's what I think, man. It's, I think it's yeah, that's what I think. I completely agree with you. Uh, that's what I want to see. Yep. Um, what franchise star would you add to this franchise? Like, what voice actor would you put in here? You know who they could have gotten? Just I just feel like Danny DeVito would work in this world somewhere. Yeah. You know, I know he does Batman Returns, but it kind of would have been cool to have, like, you know, maybe if they do a, like a sequel to this, you have him come in as some sort of a gangster um, guy. Not the Penguin, but you have him come in as, like, a gangster. Yeah, I think DeVito would work. Uh, James Earl Jones. 
James Earl Jones, great choice, great, great choice. We gotta rank some films, my friend. It's that time. We have six Batman films, which is crazy to me. So the list so far, because I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure I know off the top of my head. Well, throw it to me. I'll, I, I got it. I know what it is. Do you know what it is? I know what it is. Can I try it? I think I know it. All right. Uh, currently at number five, Batman and Robin. No. I'm just kidding. Yes, of course. <laughs> number four. I was about to say, I was like, really? I was like, I swear. Uh, number four is Batman 66. Yes. Uh, number three is Batman Returns. Yes. Number two is Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. And number one is Batman 89. Yep. There we go. Okay, so this movie slide it on top. It's on top, right? Like this is number, it's number one. one. Yeah, <laughs> like this is number this one, is number right? One. This is number one. Like I'm like this is a better movie than Forever than '89. Like yeah, I like this movie this a is lot. The, this is the this is I think by far the best Batman movie. Especially when we especially when we look at our rankings, it's like I gave '89 I think like a four star rating. Yep. And again, I understand people love the Keaton thing, but like I as we talked about in that episode, I had a lot of problems with the lore. And that Batman isn't exactly my Batman. When I look at this guy, I'm like, this is number one. Yeah. This is number one. So, number one, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. It's what it is. It's going to be hot. This movie is going to be highly rated by the time we get through all these movies, too. It's very exciting. All right. So, I think this is a very good episode. We did a lot. Why don't you give me some closing comments, dude? What do you want to talk about? So, this is a movie. I'm glad I revisited this. I had, yeah. I did watch this movie once before, like I mentioned. Um, when I wanted, I wanted a big Batman kick, like I mentioned before, a couple of years ago. Sure. I did watch all of the Batman animated series, but I had to watch it on that old um, DC Universe app. You remember that? I do. Um, yes. And uh, that was back, too. Like, I remember when they were trying to get Titans and Doom yeah, Patrol. And that wasn't a great, that wasn't a great app. It wasn't, a great, it wasn't a great service. Yeah, it wasn't a great streaming um, service. Because like, it wasn't available on my television. I couldn't mm-hmm. put it on my PlayStation. Yep. I had to watch it on my phone. It was, and yeah. I couldn't even screen share it on my television. Yep. They like had like I had it like locked. They so made I had to watch re- they made everything. It really, really hard to. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had to watch everything on my uh, my phone, yeah. including this movie. Right. And it wasn't it's not the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really. I'm glad I revisited this. Yes. Um, I think it's super effective. I think it's incredibly well made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really happy that a Batman movie like this exists. I know, like I said, like I said, like why can't why can't they just do this? Right. But I know that not every Batman movie can be this. Right. And I think I know but I like that, you know, with the animation, I think people had an expectation on what this movie is gonna be, and I think right. this is different than what people expected. Yeah. You know? And I and I, I think at the end of the day, it's effective. It's emotional. Um, it tugs at your heart, but it keeps you engaged, you know. And I and I, I really love the movie. I think it's I think it's fantastic. I'm in complete agreement with you. This movie is fantastic. It's one of, I I keep saying it. It's one of the best Batman movies ever made. Uh, sure, maybe that comes from my love of the animated series. I don't know. I don't but think you I, need it. Though. I don't even I don't think you think need you it. Do. I don't think you need it either. I think this is a very singular movie on its own. Um, the exploration of Batman in this film is it's it's second to none, and I don't think any other movie that we are going to do throughout this run, like I said, maybe outside of the Batman, especially if they go to like you said, he goes the direction that we think he's going. This is a singular movie in its own way. Like yeah. no other movie is doing what Mask of the Phantasm is doing, and it deserves its number one ranking. It's one of the best. That's really all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there because it's the best. Uh, and Kevin Conroy is also the best. Yeah. R.I.P. One of the best. Yeah. Seriously, um, absolutely incredible. Yeah. All right. I'm closing up shop now, Ryan. 
that brings us to the end of this show. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tony. And thanks to everyone for their support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. Just search Franchise Me one word. Send us an email at FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Also, check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises. Um, check out our website, FranchiseMePodcast.com, where you can see all of our episodes. Join us next week as we kick off the Nolan Trilogy and uh, our voices get nice and raspy as we discuss Batman. Rachel! <laughs> begins. Batman begins. I have a voice. Ah, uh, Rachel. <laughs>